0: Back up please. Hello and welcome to
1: Indicarts episode number one hundred and ninety-six. I'm your host, Radity, and along with me I have
0: Abhishek. Good morning everyone. And the sun has just risen to the left of me where I'm sitting in the balcony because it is six fifty-two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to start the day, right? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yes. I hope our listeners don't end up with that in the end. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> no. 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 That, no. no, no. That, hope not. And I think they have woken up. This episode, we have reintroduced, in fact, the earlier intro music that we had, the ones from Arms from Shanti. That itself is going to be pretty energizing. So I think they are going to remain wide awake throughout the podcast.
0: For ones who are wondering why we changed it, it was Aditya's decision. There, I have nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel that we are recording a lot more consistently
1: right now, and it is sort of reminding me of how we used to do it earlier, which took me back to the earlier intro music also that we had. And it's sort of raw, recorded live. It's got a lot of energy in that music. So I thought, let's get that back because that's the whole mood or sentiment in the country as well right now.
0: This is the explanation that a brand consultant or a marketing guy will give. The blue color exudes confidence. Yeah. Something like that. It was like Uday Benegal, one of the pioneers, I think, from the first people in India who got rock scene going in India. Isn't that right? I
1: think they, they were. The Indus Creed was the first rock band from india
0: that's the music that we are playing the first 20 seconds
1: that's the one recorded live
0: of a song called super bowl
1: and the tabla in it is being played by zakir hussein's cousin i forgot his name i've seen them perform live in new york city and they get you going they get you going
0: and long ago yeah. for listeners who are wondering who Uday Benegal is the young ones who might not have been born and <laughs> want to listen and want to want to know a thing or two aditya had interviewed him many many years back you can google that up on Indicast and find out how the debutant rock band got going in india during the time when music was well during the doordarshan days
1: absolutely so check that out check that out i think you will like it they have an indian vibe in their music you will really like it and you should listen to Kashmakash is my favorite song from them. And then there is English rendition of Kashmakash, which is even better and which is titled Varanasi Trail. So all you Modi fans out there, you know, there is another reason for you to listen.
0: I bet you will bring Modi up at the drop of the hat. Oh,
1: yes. And that's how we are going to start this episode. In fact, Modi was officially selected by the BJP's parliamentary committee and the NDA partners as well, as their PM candidate. You all know that they have been projecting him so far. But there was a meeting that happened in the Central Hall in Parliament, and Modi was elected as the PM candidate. This was the first time that Modi was actually entering the Parliament itself. There was a bit of a drama involved. A bit too much, some might say. A a, a bit too much, yeah, yeah. But here's the deal, right? So for the people who aren't up to speed... When he was entering the parliament, he first got down and then he kneeled before the steps of the parliament and he touched his forehead to the green carpet on the steps there. Mm. Slowly got up with folded hands, walked up and then entered the central hall. Now, central Uh, hall is. (laughs) And mind you, that central hall is the same place where Pandit Nehru delivered his first speech. After independence, at this midnight hour, that speech is given in Central Hall. So there is a lot of historical significance attached to the Central Hall. And it is not very often that party meetings happen in that hall. One of the reasons was that To accommodate so many people, winning MPs, that was one of the places that was available.
0: That doesn't end there. He goes on and delivers a very memorable speech, which uh, draws applause as well as a few tears.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a clearly
0: thought-out speech. Like most things about Modi.
1: Yeah. There were people in tears. Modi himself broke down, you said. At some level, we need that. Take a look at all the speeches done by MMS. What did we say? That he lacks emotions. All his speeches lacked emotion. Say the, the speech after 26 11 that happened lacked all sorts of emotions.
0: Fair enough. All said and done, this is history being made, and everybody's excited, a little euphoric, and tears. These are byproducts of it. So and remember, right?
1: Indians like melodrama. Indians like Irfan Khan as an actor, but they like Shahrukh Khan so much more. And also, the people from Congress are saying that. Ever since he has gotten elected, he is saying all the right things. There is nothing that we can fault him so far. A few statements that he made is, I'm translating this in English, is neither I nor the BJP feel that the last governments did nothing. Every government has contributed to India's growth. I congratulate previous leaders and will take their good work forward. Then he goes on to say that I promise that when we meet in 2019, I will give the nation, my report card. He said that Modi bada isliye nahi dikta or something like that, I'm paraphrasing here. Modi bada isliye nahi dikta kyunki woh kadme bada hai wo bada dikta hai kyunki party ke seniors ne usse kande par bathya hai or something like that. So he's playing everything right right now.
0: In another hundred days, I don't think anybody will remember the speech that he gave, the rousing speech. And another six months, we would either want him out of the door or we will pat him on the back. But at the moment, he's toast of the country. But on the other hand, you would not want to be, well, you would never have wanted to be Rahul Gandhi or Sonia Gandhi in your life, but not particularly at this time. I think they, they said, all righty then, we put our hand up and we offer to resign.
1: And this happened in the first meeting of the Congress Working Committee. Congress CWC, as they call it. CWC is the highest governing body in Congress. So they met this last Monday and they offered to resign. They rejected the resignation saying that this is not a solution. To what has happened? The funny thing is that according to reports, Gandhis actually came out stronger than they went in because most of the members got a chance to speak. I think there were 32 members, 28 of them spoke and all of them actually thanked the Gandhis for their quote unquote untiring efforts in the election on behalf of the Congress and its candidates.
0: Yes, and they should also be thanking them for letting all its ministers take bribes worth $12 billion in the last 10 years of uh, governance. I think Dr. Manmohan Singh's government comes close to that of PV Narsimha Rao, which was considered to be the most corrupt in the early 90s. Not to say that Mr. PV Narsimha Rao did anything, but according to the statistics, inflation adjusted scam rates, that was the highest. But I think this government comes close.
1: Oh, yeah. And the main reasons that Mrs. Gandhi observed for the loss is aggressive. quote unquote, aggressive and polarizing campaign by the opponents, backed by unlimited resources and a hostile media.
0: See, this is exactly why their resignations should be accepted. They're in denial. Yeah, exactly. Forget about being gracious winners. They're in denial. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, gracious yeah. Losers, losers. losers.
1: Yeah, it's just that the Gandhis can't do no wrong right now or ever. And while all these things are happening, SP, that is Mulayam Singh Yadav's Samajwadi party, has sacked 36 leaders, as high as Minister of State in the state government, for the failure of his party. They won only five seats. Mayawati, who didn't win any seats who earlier had 20 Lok Sabha seat, has dismantled her entire party organization. She has dissolved all assembly districts, state-level committees of the party and is going to reform now.
0: So everyone
1: else is at fault but themselves. And Kejriwal is is in his own planet right now.
0: What is he up to?
1: Oh, haven't you been following the news?
0: Go ahead. No.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Keshriwal is, is like Vinod Kambli.
0: No, come on. He
1: is the Vinod Kambli of politics. No, he's better no, than he, that. Come on. Okay. He's, he's probably Ian Bottom waiting to happen. <laughs> Yesterday, he comes out and says that he is now going to conduct sabhas across Delhi to say sorry for resigning from the Delhi government the way they did. So they are going to conduct sorry sabhas all over. And yesterday he again said that he would like elections to happen now. The day before you just sent a letter to the lieutenant go- governor saying don't dissolve the assembly. Now today you are saying you want new elections. And yesterday itself he refused to pay a bail bond of 10,000 rupees. Which apparently the earlier times he had not been asked to pay. But mm-hmm. this time the magistrate asked him to pay and he refused to pay that. So he went to Thiar jail and he didn't pay that on grounds of principles now what principles legal orders are not matters of principle do decide and that's what i say he's vinod kambli of politics is because his immaturity is going to cost him his career
0: vinod Kamli kept getting selected and he kept
1: blowing it up vinod kambli at least had back-to-back double centuries
0: the only player to do
1: that now let's see if this guy can get back-to-back mandates in spite of screwing up and we thought indian elections were over
0: no, they have just the beginning.
1: Just the beginning. And the other elections that happening elsewhere in the world is also in Iraq. Iraq, for the first time, had nationwide elections since U.S. troops withdrew in 2011
0: they had these elections on 30th april it's been more than a month but just to draw a comparison a contrast as to what they expected as compared to what we did some 22 million people they were eligible to vote 328 seats is what people were voting for 9000 candidates and what they have the Lok sabha equivalent of the Council of Representatives, and the campaigning. In India, we have speeches and we have youth sabhas and maidans. There, Iraqi military helicopters drop leaflets urging people to vote. And <laughs> the, one of the people on the street said, well, he was very really dismayed with this. And he said, in Saddam's time, they used to drop money from helicopters on national holidays. And now it's Ooh, just these leaflets. Wow. And the biggest victory of Iraq's election, it is deemed to be a success because there were only 50 attacks. Only 50 because a week before, 160 people had died. So by that account, it was a success. And they call it a success in spite of the fact that there were roadside bombs timed to kill people who were on their way to the Boots because Iraq is that kind of a place.
1: Oh, yeah. And the current prime minister, Nuri Maliki, his alliance has again won. Now, the final results are going to be announced on the 25th of May. But the preliminary results show that Maliki's alliance has won the election, but has fallen short of a majority.
0: And we all know the Sunni versus Shia in the Muslim community, right? These are two schools of thoughts. And that is the main reason why there is so much chaos there. Now, Sunni Arabs, they are the minority in Iraq, but they held power under Saddam Hussein. And they kept complaining that this Mr. Maliki that you mentioned, his is a Shia-led government. And they have been oppressed by it. And 40% of the Sunnis do not consider Shia to be proper Muslims, is what a report says. And what they have done to combat this is, the Sunni tribesmen, and this is very complicated stuff, just hear me out. Sunnis, they created a group called Jihadist Islamist State in Iraq, that is ISIS, that was established during the early years of the Iraq war, and they joined forces with Al-Qaeda. And it became Al-Qaeda in Iraq and they have taken control of this place called Anbar province. And why is this important is because it's, it's Iraq's biggest province and it has the best possible place for terrorists to be in because it has got borders like You know, it's got Syria, Jordan and Saudi Arabia. And these are porous borders. Terrorists can hop into Anbar, get trained, go out and do their thing in Syria, which itself is going under a lot of turmoil. And the death toll in 2003 when U.S. took over Iraq in that place was 34,000 civilians. In 2006, 34,000 people died.
1: The number that I got from Al Jazeera was that since January, around 1,000 people are believed to have been killed every month. And this number actually excludes Anbar province.
0: But the irony, of course, is that the Iraq government has security force of 9,30,000. That's a size 9,30,000 people form the security force in Iraq. And there are just 12,000 fighters of the ISIS. But they have the control of the most important part of Iraq, the, the Anbar province.
1: They also say that since US has withdrawn its troop, it has a lot less influence now on ground influence. And so there are other other people, other countries who are coming in and playing a bigger role in creating this instability in Iraq.
0: But the American government still right now, they are providing arms and ammunition to Iraq, there is something called as air to ground hellfire missiles which are meant to hit the ISIS camps in the Anbar province now that is a place where fighters go to and fro between Iraq and Syria there is something called as Apache helicopters that USA keeps sending in and this Maliki bloke, he also buys arms from Iran which is (laughs) and this is against the international sanctions And, and Iran and America have never seen eye to eye but America turns a blind eye to all of this, All right, buddy just do what it takes to get your thing in order because we have to withdraw our troops. And why does Maliki do it? Because he accuses, he looks at Saudi Arabia and Qatar and he says, look, these guys are funding the Sunni terrorists in my country and uh, that's why I need to do this. And Saudi Arabia and Qatar says that, look, he's a puppet of Iran. And America says, hey, (laughs) hang on, don't say that. We are helping them out. Iran might be doing it covertly, but don't ask us about that. And this, all this, we're joking about it, but all this is important because 9,000 Iraqis were killed last year. You said 1,000, you gave a figure of, yeah, and apparently 2,000 in Baghdad itself, where the polling did happen successfully because nobody was allowed in. Kids were playing football on the streets, which are generally blown up. People die in Iraq when they go out to buy fruit, vegetables. 25th is when you said the election results will be, but what a contrast to that of India.
1: Absolutely. The mood is completely the opposite. It just seems to be a completely messed up situation, right? I mean, if we believe that India-Pakistan relations are strained and difficult to solve, try reading history of this region. And we know
0: very little about it. Imagine what the real deal will be. But there is one one author, Aditya, who has taken advantage of all of this. He's advantage, meaning in a good way. He's written a book called Frankenstein in Baghdad. You remember that story about the the Frankenstein where there is a guy who makes this monster and he goes on a killing spree. So this is the story of a man. The protagonist stitches together torn and dismembered body parts from bomb blasts of people lying on the street. And he creates one person out of it and that guy goes and avenges the death of all the men who killed the men who perpetrated this crime.
1: That sounds like a perfect movie script.
0: He got fifty thousand dollars for it and his book will be translated in English for sure and the award that he got was the Iraqi equivalent of the Booker Prize. Well at least
1: there is something equivalent of a Booker prize in Iraq.
0: And in other
1: international news, the former Israeli Prime Minister Emud Olmet has been arrested and is set to go to jail.
0: Why are we covering this is because a former prime minister of a country can be sent behind bars by the court in that country because that guy took a bribe of $1,45,000 back in the days when he was a mayor of a small town. You don't do that in Israel, apparently. Uh, (laughs) And he was ordered to pay a fine of $290,000. He had been convicted of taking bribe from real estate developers and he was a mayor of Jerusalem. And that was more than a decade ago. If he goes to prison, Uh, he will be the first uh, Israeli Prime Minister ever to serve jail time. In fact, the judge David Rosen at the Tel Aviv District Court, he was very poetic about his uh, judgment. He said, you have used your talents to bring yourself to the pinnacle of politics. For what? To line your pockets with wealth. Because you are the rot that contaminated its surroundings and all of that. These are the words that he used. And the (laughs) the rest of the political community doesn't know how to take it because... (laughs) Really? You you can send us to jail for that? (laughs) Yeah. It is an important day in which the legal system has shown that no man is above the law, said the finance minister. And the ruling was not too big. You know, we have 5,000 pages of ruling when such things happen in India of this magnitude. It was a 64-page ruling. And there were also a few ministers who also will be going to jail with the former prime minister. And everybody was termed as traitors because they had, quote-unquote, betrayed the public trust. I mean, when you, when you start reading about these things, it's, they are a tough country. Every member of who is more than 18 is conscripted into the army. It's a tough country which has tough measures against everybody. Imagine, man, if you have this, which politician will dare to take bribes and knowing fully well that he could end up in a jail. It doesn't happen everywhere.
1: Oh, yes. And this was the first criminal conviction of an ex-head of government in Israel.
0: Yes, that's Israel
1: for you. And by the way, I forgot to mention an important one. You remember
0: N.D. Tiwari? Of course, of course. The promiscuous man who has it going even when he's 80-odd. He just just got remarried again.
1: Yeah, he just got, not remarried, he married someone else this time. At 88 years of age
0: it, I saw the picture And remember the Autorickshaw guy That we interviewed Last time The 5 right. second In the last episode He showed me that In his Lok Sattha. This can't be our future He kept telling me
1: Yeah and this happened Actually when he had to resign after the the sex scandal tape that came out with him starring in it. So now he's happily married again and none of his immediate family members were involved in the wedding ceremony, they say.
0: And it was a grand affair. The picture had him dressed up from head to toe in... Oh, yeah, uh, completely. Uh, yeah? Uh, what is that called? Sherwani. There were two people holding him up because I'm not <laughs> sure if he can stand for a long time.
1: Uh, well, Going from one funny old man to another very popular old man and a decorated old man as such. I'm talking about Rusi Modi, a Padma Bhushan winner whose real name is Rustamji Humusji Modi. He passed away. He was the former managing director of ISCO, which is Tata Steel now. He passed away recently. And of course, he was known as a very empathetic leader. And he is the one who is actually known to have brought in Human resource management as a core focus of any company in India
0: you were in Tata long back. did his name come up any time
1: unfortunately no he was he was always based out of Jamshed. The two companies didn't work that closely so
0: he joined Tata at uh, the group of industries in in nineteen thirty nine He was there with them for fifty three years
1: Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. So he joined in 1939, then he was promoted to position of Director of personnel in 1953, then Director of Raw Materials in 1965, 1970 appointed as Director of Operations and Joint Managing Director in 1972 and Managing Director in 1974.
0: So he was at the top for 20 years, mana, from 1974 until '93 when Ratan Tata took over, right?
1: And that is when there was a power struggle that happened between him and Ratan Tata, which in 2012, Ratan Tata clarified that, you know, all those things are behind us. He respects the man completely and appreciates whatever he has done for Tata Steel. And they are friends now.
0: Yeah. He used to be a big football fan and he, he set up the Tata Football Academy.
1: And also Tata Steel Rural Development Society. And it is said that those are the foundations of CSR in India. In 1994, he was also appointed as the joint chairman of Air India and Indian Airlines to try and bring it up again. But then he just couldn't get along with politicians and bureaucrats. And he later resigned in two years. He also tried contesting Lok Sabha elections as an independent candidate, but he lost. This happened in 1999 and was often seen in Hawaiian print bush shirts.
0: Yes, the pictures everywhere. Google images or every obituary that has <laughs> it has. He he seemed like a man who loved he loved loved his life. Oh yeah,
1: he had a big bungalow which was assigned to him as the managing director. He later on purchased that bungalow. Had a Land Rover and a Mercedes in Jamshedpur. So. He he liked to live life. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. Let's talk about the big story that was uh, about Alfonso mangoes being banned by the EU. This ban came into place because 207 Indian consignments of fruits and vegetables were found to be contaminated by pests. It happened last year. So this year they have banned the imports of Alfonso mangoes
0: import ban will last until December 2015 and they say that we've given you adequate warnings since 2010 this has been happening And uh, we did a follow-up inspection in 2013. Nothing happened since. So the European (laughs) Union said that, hey, look, you know, you set your things right. And we'll buy stuff from you next year. Some of the Indians are like, we eat these. If there is a fruit fly, we just chop off that section and continue with the rest of the mango. They are expensive. (laughs) 350 rupees a dozen. They were 500. But because of this EU ban, the prices have dropped. During Akshay about three weeks back, two lakh boxes of Alfonso mangoes were lying in excess at the Washi wholesale market, and you compare that with 60,000 boxes a fortnight before the ban was announced.
1: Oh, wow. Apparently, only 5% of the total amount of fresh fruits that are exported to the EU come from India. So, it's not a big deal, is what the UK's Department of Environment is trying to say. But then, Alfonso mangoes is one of those important things that Indian expats in the UK wait for. And hence, the British Indian Labour MP, Keith was, along with mango retailers and importers, they delivered two boxes of Alfonso mangoes to 10 Downing Street.
0: And that was the last crate of Alfonso mangoes left in the UK. And he went to the Prime Minister, David Cameron, <laughs> saying, take these, eat them. And now tell me,
1: now do you <laughs> want to
0: ban them? <laughs> Oh, man, you bet. And there are three ways to treatment of mangoes before they are made fit for consumption. The Americans go by what is called the nuclear radiation. And at Lasalgao, we have that plant. The steps, I was just reading up on how it is done. The whole crate of mangoes, they pass through a radiation chamber on a conveyor belt and the food does not come into contact with the radioactive material, but it passes through. Really? It's like the airport uh, scanning mechanism yeah. of goods. So I don't know. I think we've got something going wrong in there.
1: They must be having some load shedding going on at that <laughs> time. A few crates didn't go
0: through. What is the biggie? Have a mango, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's another little thing that has happened in the US. The prices yes. of limes have gone through the roof in the US from $14 a case to $100 because there is a cartel known as Knight's templars it's a mafia gang they have hijacked trucks en route usa from mexico they are extorting money from farmers they don't want to deal in cocaine or heroin but lime seem to be a better option because margarita is big drink in the u.s
1: the head of knights templar might be the the butt of the jokes when all the leaders of these different cartels might be getting together right (laughs) I, I, i deal in cocaine Ideal in heroine and then this guy goes oranges.
0: This cartel earns eight hundred thousand dollars to one point four million dollars a week.
1: Not bad, man. There are opportunities everywhere. You just have to look, man. You just have to look. Yeah. Let's move on to Gulzar who collected his Dadasai Falke Award. He's already a, a quite a legend. You know, tech, yeah, legend. He's he's won everything and now he's received the highest national award for a filmmaker.
0: The man has worked with Hemant Kumar, Lakshmi Kandan Mohan, S.D. Burman, R.D. Burman, A.R. Rahman, Vishal Bharatwaj and Annu Malik also. He's worked with so many generations, man. He's worked with Bimal Roy, Rishikesh Mukherjee as directors. He's written scripts, lyrics, directed films. He's done it all.
1: Absolutely. And besides the Falki Award, he also has an Oscar and a Grammy Award for writing the lyrics of Jai Ho.
0: But my favorite song of his comes in a movie called Khamoshi. Have you seen that movie? 1969, Bahida Rahman. There is a song called Hamne dekhi hai un ki aye, aye, aye. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs>
1: Seriously. <laughs>
0: You should listen to that song, man. I I didn't know it was my favorite 10 years after until I had heard it for the first time. I had heard it when I was a kid and I said, hmm, this sounds like an interesting song. And many years later when I could make sense of the lyrics, I said, wow, this is a beautiful song. Check it out if you can.
1: Something might have happened.
0: I guess so. Maybe puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe puberty. (laughs) Puberty. Yes, and he's written Kajarare as well. We spoke about this long back. He's directed Mere Apne. Mere Apne, wasn't that the movie where Shatrugan Sinha made his debut? I think it was. Where he keeps grabbing his own neck all the time to threaten people, Shatrugan Sinha And kept, keeps rubbing his palm over his neck.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. and Chath- Talking about Shatrugan Sinha, he's apparently going to get a big ministry, is what they say. He was sitting in the first row right next to Arun Jaitli and Shushma Swaraj.
0: Dark glasses? So, too? No, dark glasses.
1: <laughs> no, I can totally visualize him rubbing his, his <laughs> yes. neck like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's directed Mere Apne and... Koshish Andhi. Dude, these are legends of Indian cinema. Andhi was Sanjeev Kapoor I don't remember this movie. Our, some of our older listeners, if I we may take a dig, might remember this. Where Sanjeev Kumar goes crazy with his nasal dialogue deliveries. He's done a... Uh-huh. Yeah, which was that famous dialogue? Uh-huh. There was a spoof also. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, let's, let, let's not go any further. <laughs> go. Of
1: these, after a long time, I was watching Andaz Apna Apna. <laughs> that movie just kills everything. I don't think there was a director involved in that one. And the actors who just said, you know, you just, just do what you want to do. This is the overall scene. Just do whatever you
0: want to do. Right? One of my favorite ones in that is when Amir Khan and Salman go with their extortion cash or chiller to Paresh Rawal in the middle of the night. And when they rescue the fake Paresh Rawal and they have got to get him to sit on the bike, which is, which is, which has roof the roof over one and a half, the Luna. You can go to the <laughs> beach, Uncle. You can go to the beach. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. Let's go. let go. Do you know Gulzar also wrote Jungle Book? The lyrics of Jungle Jungle yeah. ululu, ululu. So who
1: puts in the ululu, ululu?
0: I think it's A.R. I mean, whoever was the music director. These are the ones who do that, I think. Fillers. He also wrote the stories of Potli Baba Ki, which used to come on Fun Hour when we were in school.
1: The entertainment value of those things might still be very high for even kids of today's generation, right? Because the reason I say that so confidently is because I was recently looking up what to gift my nephew for his third birthday. So I thought, hey, you know, what did I like when I was three years old? Amar Chitrakata. Let me try Amar Chitrakata. I wanted to send him books, Amar Chitrakata books. A set costs 20,000 rupees.
0: What? How big is a set? 20,000 is a lot. It's like the World Book Encyclopedia, Lawrence upon a Time. Exactly.
1: I mean, they are not crazy. There must be demand for it, and hence they are charging it that much. So apparently, kids like it.
0: So, did you end up giving him?
1: I was like, forget it. I'll give him a tent, plastic tent. He'll play for
0: it with <laughs> it. Or a shopper stop gift box. <laughs> or a shopper stop gift or voucher. For the parents. <laughs> you know, you figure out what you want to buy. We don't want to think.
1: But I think they're great. I think these were lovely, wonderful.
0: They were not animations. What were they? Comic books. Yeah, they were
1: <laughs> children's TV series. Are there any children's TV series these days? Shin-chan. probably Shin- no Shinchan chan is notorious my wife and my mother who, who are teachers and your mom is also a teacher
0: they advise parents against it i'm sure
1: yes they have a dictate is that first meeting that happens at the beginning of the year they say no Shin chan at home apparently the character is very very naughty and plays bad pranks i think can you give an example i haven't seen it I- so there is this female character his female friend and he just does things like pull her hair continuously or while walking, he just taps her on her head and all those sort of things. And then goes away laughing like crazy. You should let
0: kids discover this by themselves and not get inspired by cartoon films. So that's right. Yeah. You've got to be taking them off.
1: Just like many other things that they will eventually end up discovering on the internet.
0: Oh, yes, sooner.
1: Now it will happen on their mobile internet.
0: What are you going to do? Ban mobile phones? Yeah, Doesn't help.
1: Just ignore. That's what my dad.
0: <laughs> we turned out all right
1: We turned out all right
0: But we were born in a pre-internet age
1: I think the internet actually came at the right time uh, Internet came into India About 94, 95
0: But in 98 is where we started using it Just after school
1: In college And I remember this right? It was a dial-up connection I had to wait
0: like half an hour to get an <laughs> <connection>. <laughs> Yeah. And this is how it sounds in reality
1: That was like music. I was used to be so happy to hear that music. And then you had to enter the password before it times out. So you had to be super quick about it. Otherwise, you'll have to redial it. Yeah.
0: And then your parents will be stumped with a 2,000 rupees bill in an era where 200 was too much.
1: Oh, yes. I think the first bill shock that my father got was around 6,000 rupees. And that's when he knew that internet was big. And we were up to no good on the internet. And I have an elder brother. Right. So he had a major role to play in corrupting me or exploring me to the finer aspects in life. And I was 15. I was exploring. I was, you know,
0: it's right after Amar Chitra Katha, you move on to exploring <laughs> details on the Internet. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, I think it's time to get some of the sounds that our listeners have sent in. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. So who do we have this time?
0: This time we have Muskan. Who, okay, just to give a recap about what we had done, we had asked our listeners to send us 10-second sound clips from anywhere they are in the world if they found something interesting. And Muskan has attended a wedding in Delhi, and she recorded the entry of the bride. And this is how her mom reacted to it. <laughs>
1: Oh that was great. Since it was a Punjabi wedding and I've having been to a recent Punjabi wedding, it's a fairly high pitched things going on there. So her mom is saying photograph me bada very good. Muskan says that he had a very filmy entrance. And her mom then says, paas se shakal. Aaja beete, paas se shakal dekh Fir wo nikal and that's it. Punjabi weddings are very atypical, is what they say, is it yeah, uh, yeah. It's because when the most important part of the wedding actually happens, there are five people around, probably.
0: Everyone's having a good time somewhere at the back of a car with a lot of booze in the dic- uh, with, on the street. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: And we also have Alok who sends us a little clip. He's in Gainesville, Florida, and this is at a farmer's market where Spanish music is being played. And he feels like having tea and he's telling his friend that hey I feel like drinking Thai tea. Listen to this. What are you doing? Thai tea.
1: So let's get the diversity aspect in this clip right. There's an Indian sitting in Gainesville, Florida, listening to Spanish music, wanting to have Thai tea. Ah, amazing. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Alok. Thanks, Muskan. We also have. Two more clips, one from Narendra and another from Ishan. We'll play them in the next episode. Both are lovely. You keep sending them in. We love them at Indicast at theindycast.com.
1: Again, what are we trying to do here, Abhishek?
0: We are trying to tell our listeners to flip their mobile phones at anywhere they might be in the world. If they listen to something interesting, 10-second record, send it to indicast at theindycast.com. And write in a line where you are, your name, and what the scene is in that 10-second clip. Briefly, not more than 20 words. And we'll play that at the end. It's fun, isn't it? You also do that. It's fun. You will be traveling to Canada in a few weeks. So, do that.
1: Oh, yes. You have let it out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will be traveling out. And that's going to be our big reveal. Next episode, we'll reveal. Why is Jaditya traveling to Canada? We'll definitely get some clips there. I was just thinking whether we should also ask people to send us photographs of take it on your smartphone. Everyone has a smartphone. So basically send us a photograph of whatever you see in front of you when you are listening to us right now. So right now, as I'm talking to you right now, just bring out your phone and take a photo of whatever you are looking at, whatever is in front of you and send it to us. It'll be great to know where you were and what you have in front of you as you are listening to this voice. So in the next five, 10 seconds, take out your phone, and click a photo, and just from the phone itself, just send it to Indicast at the com. It'll be interesting to see these different photos that we get from people and where they are.
0: Good idea. That's fun. That'll be fun. Please do that. IndyCast at the Send us your clips as well as your pictures.
1: No, I'm serious. Take a photo right now.
0: Now, otherwise we are not hanging up. Yeah, I'm not hanging up.
1: I'm not yeah. shopping. There are a lot of other political news going on. I can just pull that up and keep
0: keep talking. Yeah, do it. Have you done that yet? Please do that and send it over. We haven't received any email yet. Please send it. Indicast at (laughs) theindicast.com.
1: Indicast at theindicast.com. Absolutely. And we'll post the photos along with the episode notes on the website and also selectively on our Facebook page. Just go look us up, become a member there. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Indicast. And I am at AC Mathre. Abhishek is at Abhishek Kumar. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.